need a new pair of slippers. There is no God. Do you know that the Bible actually says that? There is no God. Do you want to see? Look, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. So it says, clearly says there that there is no God. The context makes that mean something entirely different which sort of brings us to the point that context is pretty important. Uh, when we're reading the Bible, context is critical. When we're in conversation with people, context is critical. Um, and if you get things out of context, they can seem a bit off or a bit random or a bit, or you might just entirely miss what's actually going on. And that so easily happens in this passage here in, in Genesis. And we're just going to read uh, from... Genesis 32, and I'll just give you a little bit of a story about what's happening, is Jacob, this guy in the Bible, not this Jacob, is on, he's basically, he's on the run from his uncle, and he's going back towards his brother who is ripped off severely, and he's sort of terrified of meeting him, so he's got, he's worried that his brother's actually going to kill him, and so he's at this place where he, he's he's basically... You know, you get those, those nights where it all sort of comes to a head. And I, I know those nights, for me, it's a walk in the floor night. I call it walk in the floor. It means I'm just out in the lounge room and I'm walking the floor. And it's just, there's nobody, it's just me and God. Jacob is having one of those nights. We're going to pick it up from Genesis 32, 22. It says, that night Jacob took his two wives, there's his first problem, and his two female servants and his, sec and his 11 sons and crossed the ford at Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions, so Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Even when you read this in context, this is a random thing. There's a guy, he's on a trip, he's gone camping, he's wrestling with this man all night. They just seem to gloss over that bit, like what on earth? How, how does this wrestle start? Who, who is this guy? We, we find out later that this guy is actually the angel of God. Uh, a lot of theologians will actually tell us this is Jesus manifest before he was ever born, but it was God, in, in the angel of the Lord, God in person. So we don't understand. We miss out that bit of information. Critical, I'm like, how on earth do you miss that detail? He's, at, he's out in the bush. He's sent his family across. He's by himself. He's having a... He, he needs some time to himself. He needs to think. He needs to process things. He needs to pray. And God meets him in about the most physical and tangible way that we see God meet somebody in the Bible and he's wrestling with him. All night he's wrestling with him. <laughs> Can you imagine Jesus is here, right? You're having your night. You, I don't know if it's just me, but you're walking the night, you know, you're walk, 
You're out in the middle of the night. Your family's asleep. Your family's over there. You're over here by yourself. And there's Jesus. He boom, he's there. I'm going to fight you, Jesus. <laughs> or maybe Jesus attacked him. I don't know. But he's fighting with him. He's wrestling with him all night. And then he says to him, then like God's like, I've got to go. I've got places to be. The sun's got to come up. I've got to do that. You think that happens by itself? He's like, I've got to go. And, and, and the, the angel says, it's nearly daybreak. I've got to go. And, and Jacob says something. He's like, I won't let you go until you bless me. And then the angel says something that we don't know the context. We entirely miss it. He says, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. So imagine you're a fly on a wall and you've watched this whole thing happen, this random fight. One of the people in the fight's God. The other person's just a person. They're fighting and then the guy just won't let go. He just won't let go and he won't let go and he won't let go. And then he says to God, I won't let you go until you bless me. And then God says to him, what is your name? That's weird. I mean, the whole story is weird, but that's like at the end of the night, what is your name? Like, that's weird. And if we don't have the context, it's actually so weird, we just gloss over it. And he says, Jacob. And then it says that God blessed him. Now, the context of this is, the context of this is that Jacob is on his way to see his brother Esau. Now, he's afraid that Esau is going to kill him with good reason because... When he was a lot younger, his brother Esau was supposed to get a blessing from his dad. His dad was inherited the greatest blessing ever handed out to mankind. It was the blessing from Abraham, Isaac, and it was supposed to go to Esau. You know, he was the oldest. He was his big brother. He was the one. But Jacob's mum said, hey, Jacob, I had a dream and it's actually supposed to go to you. So what we're going to do is we're going to hustle these people. And he got, she got him to trick his dad. His dad had gone blind. She would got him to trick his dad. And we're going to go back in time to get some context. Genesis 27 and 19 says, like, because you get old and sort of things start to rust a little bit. I'm coming up on 38, which you wouldn't think is old. And I wouldn't think it's old, but then I'm finding things like to read my phone. I'm having to hold it at just the right distance, otherwise it doesn't work. Or I'm bending over and I can literally hear the creaks. You know, things like that. So this guy here, he's really old. It actually says he was so old he'd gone blind. He, he was sort of getting ready. He was getting his affairs in order. He's getting ready to check out. So he's, this is, he's that far along. Like, you know, we, we have an amazing ministry to seniors over in um, at a nursing home. And, and these are some beautiful people but you can really see that capacity is diminished. And this guy's functioning at a diminished capacity. So much so that Jacob and his mum think they can trick him into that he's, he's actually his older brother. So she said, oh, no, just, just put goat skin on your neck and on your arms because he's really hairy. I'm like, how's a goat skin going to fool anybody? Well, wear his clothes. And he goes in there and he talks to his dad. And his dad's like, um... You don't sound like Esau. Just saying, you sound like your brother. And, and then he and then he asks him something. He says, "Who are you?" 
And, and this is what Jacob says to him. Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. And then it goes on and, I, and, I, and Isaac blesses him with the greatest blessing ever given to mankind. And he transfers to him this power from heaven that will catapult not just him but his descendants forever. And he, he's got it by telling his dad his name was Esau. So now when we're watching this fight and God speaks to Jacob and he says, what is your name? Now we have some context. And all of a sudden we say, hang on, no, it's very important. It's very important here that Jacob thinks and answers correctly. And I don't think it's a mistake that it's happened at the end of the night that, that God has asked him, what's your name? There's a few things here that I want to pull out. The first thing here is it says he sent them across the stream. He's talking about his family. And all of his stuff is his things, that's his resources, that's all of his physical, uh, the things he can depend on physically. It says, so Jacob was left alone. He had nobody to depend on. He had nothing to depend on. And then, he wrestled, and then a man wrestled with him. Even as we read that, we sort of get the, the sense that the man wrestled with him. It was, it was God that picked the fight. You know, a lot of those nights, God picked that fight with you. Those nights where you've been up stressed churning away at a problem or you're afraid or fear has gripped you or and we put it down to our own inadequacies or whatever but but i think a lot of the time god picked that fight with you he's like right finally i've got your families on the other side of the river all your stuff's on the other side of the river i've got you where i want now you need to you've got nothing to depend on you're alone now i can talk to you now I, we can get real now we can get real and it took Jacob all night to be broken down to the point where God said, finally, I can get real with you. Now, to understand the name Jacob even, do you know what it actually means? It actually means to grab the heel, which I oh, yeah, whoop-de-doo, interesting little name. Because Jacob, when he came out, he was a twin with this guy Esau. So he's missed out by like seconds or minutes. Like, gosh, the entire history is predicated on like just who happened to slip out of the womb first and so it's like you know you can understand how he might have felt a little injustice and how little entitled to actually taking that spot but it's like he's he's at this point where he, and he came out grabbing the heel if there was ever something was out of order man it's like this little kid from the inside knew oh, i'm supposed to go for no and he's got the and, and his name is comes out jacob means grabbing the heel which you know cool whatever he came out grabbing the heel makes sense See, well now we like this name Jacob, and I'm lucky enough to be called Jacob in a time where Jacob's a popular name. I grew up, I didn't know no Jacobs. There was nobody in my class called Jacob. Now I'm at the shop every four minutes turning on Jacob, Jacob. And it's a normal name. But it means grabbing the heel. But that word is actually, that, that phrase is a euphemism for con artist, for hustler, for fraudster. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Even in the whole context of that argument with his brother, his brother says, isn't, isn't he rightly named Jacob? Could have been worse. Esau means hairy. So, but he's there and he's, he's, he's confronted with the question, who are you? What is your name? And Jacob is at the place where unless some serious, serious things change, he, his brother is going to kill him tomorrow. 
All of his stuff is going to do him no good. His beautiful family aren't going to save him. And at this point, they can't even comfort him. And God says to him, what is your name? And he gets to the point where he's actually able, maybe for the very first time, to look God in the face and say, my name is Jacob. Essentially what he's saying is, I am who I am. This is me. This is all I've got. My stuff's not in front of me. My, I, I, I'm, bare, I'm bare before you. I'm absolutely vulnerable before you. And then God blessed him. And I believe that he needed to know that God wanted to bless Jacob, not Esau. The title of this message is, You Are Enough. You are enough, not Esau. Esau's enough for Esau. You are enough for what you are called to. It's not easy to get to the place that Jacob got to where he's able to look God in the eyes and say, this is who I am. This is my name. From my experience, we put up caricatures of ourselves, an artist impression of. And some people look like full-blown cartoons. Some people look like they're wearing their parents' clothes. Some people do a pretty good job. Then you get to know them and you're like, whoa, <laughs> you're really doing a good job of fooling everybody. And some people not trying to hide that they don't know who they are or they don't like who they are. They're just tripping over themselves, trying to bumble along, trying to figure out, or they might actually be representing himself as well as they know how, but they don't believe that Jacob could be truly loved be truly accepted could be the person that would be given this wonderful opportunity it's so critical that we have that settled because the scripture says uh, in in philippians chapter 4 verse 13 it says i can do all things through christ who strengthens me i can do all things through christ who strengthens me so imagine this before jacob as he processes this mindset, he'd be thinking, Esau, Esau can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. The person I'm pretending to be has got the blessing. The person I'm pretending to be is the one that was given the job. The person I'm pretending to be is the one that that person married. The person that I'm pretending to be is the one that they like. They are enough. This facade is enough. And it gets really, really hard to function and to receive God's blessing when you don't even tell him your name. It gets really, really hard to interact with God as father when you don't even let him know who you are, let alone what's really going on inside. Some people, your name is Johnny Super Christian, Susie Super Christian. I don't get offended. I don't get upset. I forgive you. Praise God. How's your day? Fantastic. Blessed of the Lord. And, and, and this is just this plastic thing. And you know, there's a place in the Bible that says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. I'm not a big person walking around moaning about my mistakes. But I'm very, 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 very 
I hold it at such high importance of, of when you realize you've made a mistake to own it. When you realize you've turned a wrong, you to own it. So, hey, you know what? I blew it. That was me. Yeah, I made a mistake, but it was me. And then the temptation is just to blame. Okay, yeah, it was me, but the best blaming that I've ever heard that you don't win, sorry, guys, is Adam in the garden. For those that don't know, God put Adam and Eve in perfection in the garden. They blew it. God comes and has a chat with them, and this is Adam's response. He's like, yeah, I did it, but it was the woman that you gave me. She made me do it. There was no like, hey, I blew it. You know, the nature of God is that if he had repented, who knows what would have happened. And he's at this point where it's like, it was, it was him, her, it was you, it wasn't me. And, 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 and he wouldn't, essentially, he wasn't telling God his name. It even, we can even see that because it starts out, that scene starts when God's looking for him in the garden. He was wanting to engage with him, but it says Adam was hiding. And then it says, where were you? He says, I was naked and I was ashamed. God, you know what God's saying? He's like, God's saying, I want you naked. I want you absolutely with nothing between you and me. Or nothing. And we get to this point where unless we can get very, very real with ourselves, we can't get real with God. And unless we can get real with God, we aren't able to receive from Him. We aren't able to walk in what He's got for us. Because you can go so far on talent. You can. You can go so far on uh, people you know, on your parents, on your looks. I go extra far on my looks. Or not as far, either way, we don't know. There's certain things that can get you all along, but, there is, but at the end of the day, the end of the day, that stuff won't hold up. I, I do the, I read um, a proverb a day, and today's Proverb 31, so I was reading about my wife, the amazing Proverbs 31 woman. And in it, towards the end of it, it says that beauty is fleeting. And it's like, okay, it's great, but it goes. And, and, there's some amazing stuff, but it goes. It, the, 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 it doesn't matter how polished things are. Character is actually what, what you get found out with. And unless you can know who you are, real, I'm talking really know. Jesus had to go through this. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, but you come to me. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And the voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And that was the progression of temptation that Jesus went through. Jesus, that was the start of his ministry. That was the birth of the, the ministry of Christ, his baptism. Now, we've got baptisms coming up on the 6th of October. They're critical. Being baptized is critical. 
It, it's Jesus said here, it's necessary part of our, of our, of our journey. Even he did it. It, it. It's critical. And But then we go past there and, and we, we read, and again, context, because we see the devil tempted Jesus. He said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him and said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. Like, okay, Jesus is getting tempted. To t- he's hungry, 40 days. He's doing a 40-day fast. Good work. 40 days. Tick. Check. He's done that. Turn these stones to bread. He's not saying kill someone. He's not saying cheat on a math test. He's not saying later on he talks about worship me. He's not saying worship Satan. He's saying, turn these stones to bread. Like, what's the big deal? But again, context. Because he, 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 he wasn't being tempted to turn the stones to bread. The temptation was, if you are the son of God, do this. His temptation was to prove, to convince, to cajole someone into believing his position, who he was, do some convincing. Essentially what Satan was saying is, you're not the son of God. That was his, his, you're not the son of God. But remember the very last words God spoke to him before the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. What, the Holy Spirit, but no, God's good, he makes me do good things. It's like, yeah, he led him into the wilderness. Yeah, he attacked Jacob on the other side of the brook. This is what God had said to him. He said, a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. And that was what he was tested on, if you are the son. If you are the son. Jesus had spent 40 days alone. Alone. Nothing. No barrier between him. No person to deflect no person to blame no person to comfort he didn't even have food to fill him up food to give his chemicals the good feelings he 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 was torn down he was broken down took jacob wrestling all night took jesus 40 days of fasting to be broken down and essentially at the end of his night he was asked the same question what is your name? What is your name? Satan was asking him, what is your name? We have to get it in us, guys. We have to. We have to. When you know who you are, it's then, it's then that God can cooperate with you. You've got to hear that. Before that, he's not cooperating with you. He's cooperating with whatever. God doesn't enter into our delusions. You've got to, you've got to understand that. God, but he, he's pretty kind and he's pretty gracious and he'll rather a dysfunctional relationship with you than no relationship. So he sort of meets you where you're at. But he's too good to let you stay there. He's too good to have that relationship at that base level. He wants to go deep. He wants to know you because it says that you, not what you're pretending to be, not who you're pretending to be, not the 
person you're pretending to be to please your parents, to please your spouse, to please your boss, to please your kids. Not that person. You, the real you, can do anything. Can do all things, this scripture says. Through Christ who strengthens, not your facade, not your costume, you. So we're at this point where we have to we have to accept you. You have to accept you. You have to get to the point where it's like, you know what, I'm me. And for me, personally, that means, you know, Mel was saying they don't let her on stage. I'm not even allowed to sing in the car. <laughs> like, I have to copy people to clap in time. I, I've just worked that out. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, the you know the housework at home, like, I, I'm trying to do more, but, I, like, I don't see things, like, dirty. I don't see that. I mean, I'll mop it and I'll vacuum it, cool, but I'm just rubbing stuff over things. Like, like, but then I have conversations with people and I cannot believe how they don't understand something or they can't see something. I'm like, oh my goodness, how can you not see that? Are you totally stupid? And then I wonder why people flip out at me for things or just are so disappointed in me for things. I'm like, I just don't even see it. And it's starting to reconcile who you are. And you know what? Hey, God made you just like that. But more than that, he made you just like that at the same time as he made a plan for you. So the plan for you is for the person who's just like that. We have to accept who we are. You have to. I'm not saying we don't improve. I'm not saying we don't better ourselves. I'm not saying we don't try. I'm not saying we... uh, And I'm not talking about character, guys. I'm not talking about character. The scripture says that you're made in his image, the righteousness of him. I'm not talking about character. I'm talking about function. I'm talking about what order you were born in. Who your dad is. Who your mum is. What country you come from. What neighbourhood you come from. These things matter. And for some of us, we, we, we don't accept that about ourselves. But by not accepting that about ourselves, we're actually saying God doesn't accept me. And when it comes down to the, I got a report card for my dadness. Not even the right word. I, I got a report card today for Father's Day. It was, I'll try and go through it on my head, but I know driving was an A. I'm the best driver in our house. <laughs> Cooking was a D. No, no, B. A B, like I'm, I'm offended by that. That's the one that offended me. Like my cuddles are D's because they're too painful. <laughs> so I could turn a cuddle into a wrestle. What's wrong with that? A headlock is a good cuddle. <laughs> but it was just like, you know, being evaluated. It was, it was an evaluation of my performance. And I'm not saying I can't change and work on things, but, but it really gets down to the fact that, you know what, this is who I am. And unless I can be okay with that, Unless I can actually just accept that, then I am going to live so far below what God has got for me. I'm going to live in a place where I'm pretending to be someone else. And, I, and most of, then the worst part about this is, is I just, it just breaks my heart that, ja- that God had to come to Jacob. And after years of being good, really good to Jacob, really, really good to him through that. You read, the script, you read Genesis and God was amazing to him. 
He blessed him so well. He met him personally. He was in visitations from angels and just this amazing experience. He got two wives. How blessed is he? And it was just like this. God had been really, really good to him. And But it took still, still at that point, it was like God was like, what's your name, man? Like after, Even after all this time, I, I, you don't even know your name. And I think even Father's Day of all days, and this is probably where, I mean, every day, but today in particular, I reckon we need us to say to God, this is my name. This is who I am. I make mistakes. I blow it. I try and I fail. But this is me, and, I'm, and it's real. And that's what God says, that person there. And it's just like, when he said his name, God's like, ah, oh, now I bless you. Now I give you the resources of heaven. Now I equip you for not just your call, but to accelerate through the generations. And I, and I just think that today God wants us to get real with ourselves and be real with him. And I'm going to pray for us. And I'm going to give a fatherly blessing as well. I just get every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, we come to you and we, um, we lay down the the things that we think please you, that we try to put up as things that please you. We just acknowledge that you love us regardless. The most amazing thing about what, 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 what the Father said to Jesus, he said, this is my beloved son. And then it went on and said, with him I am well pleased. Jesus hadn't done one miracle. None of the amazing things. He hadn't been to the cross yet. And the Father said, with him I'm well pleased. I just need to speak directly to your hearts. And I'm going to give you a fatherly blessing. And that is, is that God is well pleased with you. God likes you. He's pleased with you. He loves you. There's nothing that you've done that pushes him away. There's no mistakes you have made that has made him hide his face from you. He is madly in love with you. You are the one he wants to bless. You are the one he wants to accelerate. You are the one he wants to resource that you can do all things through the, through the strength that he gives you in Christ. Lord, we just humble ourselves and we just say, okay. And I say to you, my name is Jacob. This is who I am. So while we're in this attitude of prayer, I'd love to give anyone, if they're not walking with God, and by that I mean the scripture says that we believe that he is Lord and that he died and rose again for our sins, putting our trust in him. That, that's what that means. And that's a journey we start with God. That's the decision we make. If you've never made that decision or if you have maybe a long time ago and you've walked away, today's the time to come home. Can I say that whether you tell God your name or not, he knows your name. He knows your address and he loves you. 
and he's saying it's time to come home. And people that are watching and listening online, I'm talking to you as well. We're going to pray, church. I'm just going to ask you to repeat after me. And if you're praying this prayer for the first time, I, I ask that you pray it and you mean it with all of your heart. Follow after me, church. Dear God, I choose to come home. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died and rose again for my sins. I choose to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cool. Hey, thanks so much, guys. A massive, massive happy Father's Day to all the dads. And I just want to say a big uh, happy Father's Day to Pastor Malcolm as well. He's a real spiritual father to me and um, mean the world to Melissa and myself, Malcolm. Thanks. Cool. I think we're going to go into a last song, are we? You're awesome, you guys. If anyone wants prayer, I'd love to pray with you guys afterwards.